Fish Pier Perspectives is a podcast from Vessel Services on the Fish Pier in Portland, Maine. Hosts Alan Tracy and Mike Foster discuss issues related to commercial fishing and the working waterfront in Portland and regionally. We welcome feedback and suggestions and invite listeners to visit our website or our store. 5% of all online sales go directly to support fishing organizations. Here we are, Alan Tracy and Mike Foster again. Fish Pier Perspectives, coming from Vessel Services in Portland. How are you doing today, Mike? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Alan? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. Although I'm looking out the window here from this beautiful view we have here on the Fish Pier. Honestly, we probably have one of the better views in the city. Not much going on today. Not much going on. It's a, it's slow a, time of year. Slow time of year. The you weather know, doesn't help. You know, you could argue that April's even slower than January, February in some yeah. ways. It's really, it's really incredible. Well, what do you, what do you see, Mike, when you look out the window? What, I mean, I think it's kind of interesting just to see what's going on there right now. Like, what do we, who do we have here? Who's in the harbor right now? Nobody's moving around. No, we do have tied up. Nobody's in the harbor. We, we've got, a, you know, we've got. Uh, the Graceland Jane tied up over at the Portland Fish Exchange Finger Pier. Yeah. Um, they've been active lately. They're, they're in right now. Gillnet Boat. Gillnet Boat. Um, we've also got a couple of the larger draggers that frequent us here in Portland. Uh, the Patriot and the William Lynn yeah, um, are, are also here. Um, and I think I see three girls is tied up at the exchange too. Yeah. That's a, that's a redfish boat. We were just talking about redfish. I think yeah, that's that's a, he he targets redfish, but that's he's in Boston. He I don't know why he would be here. Today. Yeah, he comes in here. You know, he'll blow in here because of the weather. You know, frequently yes. we'll get guys that that's come right. in here because of the weather, and it's a shorter jaunt for them to to jog their way here to ride out a storm or yeah. whatnot. And he's so, from Maine. And he's so, a Maine guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's an example. That's a great example of a boat, a Maine guy, Maine boat, fishing completely out of Boston. Completely out of hundred yeah. percent. Um, Unfortunately, but they happen to be here today. Um, well, that's good. I mean, that's that's kind of what we're seeing today. There's not much going on, but, uh, you know, we hope for better times. You know, historically, just quickly, historically, this is a slow time anyways, because this is when the fishing year turns over. That's right. Right? Yep. Historically, we would do our shutdown at this time, at the end of April, at April going into May, because the, the fishing year turns over on May 1st. On May 1st. And, and, and historically, um, you know, think when things were a little different, May 1st, a lot of guys would, there was a time where they had to tie up for a, a, what was called a block of time where they literally had to tie up to the dock and they couldn't fish. Yeah. So was that under days at sea? That was days at sea, yeah. 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 And, and so what a lot of guys would do is because the weather, because of the prices, they would opt to tie up and use May as their block. So this time, but especially you know, come May 1st when that, that fishing calendar reset, guys would take that block, get it out of the way, they would use it for maintenance, so although May wouldn't be a busy fishing month per se, we would do a steady business with the cleaners and the yeah, uh, oils and the filters, and the, yeah. you know, and they they do some maintenance. They use that time to do some maintenance. But they would you know, it's interesting. Them, so. You know, even in the last ten, there used to be more of a rhythm than I feel like there is now. There's, there's yeah. the you know, and then there was Lent before that, yep. which was a big. A lot of guys yep. would save their quota for Lent yep. because the prices were better. Yep. I don't feel like that happens at all anymore. Um, and then, you know, then again, turning over because a lot, and a lot of that had to do, you know, it used to be days at sea, but it was also, and then when cat shares came in, mm-hmm. and it was about, 
you know, quota, you know, and using up the quota at the end or not having any and needing the year to reset so that everything reset, but it's just not like that. Everything's changed so much. And um, so we're kind of talking about some of those things. But anyways, that's not what we're talking about today. Today we want to do a um, couple things. And uh, we want to talk about this 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 Netflix documentary, quickly conspiracy that's that's creating a lot of buzz, or at least you know getting people rankled about it, but um, in the industry. And then give an update about the New England Fisheries Management Council meeting that just happened last week. Before much, yeah. too much time goes by, I think that'll be a good thing to kind of hopefully as we go, you know, we can just hit, hit on some of the and the two are related. Yeah. I feel. All right. So the conspiracy, real th- real quick. You saw it. I saw, I saw it. it. Yep. You know. Yep. What do you think? Yeah, it was. Uh, I tell you, it was. I, I had a lot to say to my TV as I was watching <laughs> it. Um, you know, it, it definitely felt like a, a a one-sided, very lopsided view of of our industry, um, with a lot of inaccuracies and a lot of uh, a lot of things that were said that just they just weren't true. Right, um, and it really stretched. And it really stretched. It, 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 I don't. Know, it, it, what would be interesting to know is whether, if you're in the industry, when you watched it, you felt differently than you were out. I, I have to believe that objectively for anybody watching. There were so many things about it that were reckless. I mean, that. that I mean, that's yeah. how I would kind of come out of the gate. It, it was just. It was unfair. It was really uninformed. Yes. You know, if you ask me. And, yeah. And it was reckless, and frankly, it was naive. Yeah. I mean, it had the feeling of, I didn't think he had any credibility, no. even from, from, from the, the immediate get-go. You know, it was, it was really kind of like this, this hysteria. I read this on the internet, and now I'm going to turn my camera on, and I'm going to run around and talk to these people, and now we all have to stop eating seafood. Yeah. And, and, and that's just a kind of, I think that's what's got a lot of people rankled about it, because yeah. his conclusion was, you have to stop eating seafood. Yeah, because of the issues that I'm talking about yeah. in this film. So, you know, and maybe take a step back for f- folks who haven't seen it. It's a Netflix documentary, and it kind of, I think it's kind of jumpy, to tell you the truth, because it starts with plastics it's, in the it, ocean. It, it, it starts it, with an it, environmental yeah, focus on on, on uh, pollution and, and, and impact on the environment. And on mammals, and on whales, and on particularly. Whales. He links yeah. that very quickly. Yeah. So it, it becomes about whales. Yeah. And this is part of the kind of jumping around. And then, and then, again, literally, as he's doing, you can see him on the line. He's like, well, I read this online, and now, oh, it's not about whales. It's not about plastics. It's about fishing. Yes. Fishing, fishing, yeah. fishing in the health yeah. of the ocean. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And he literally goes into these major organizations with literally something he literally just read. Yeah. Uh, and goes in and tells them to change their entire mission. They look at him like he's got three eyes, which and he, he can't understand. And then he goes to the next one. He says, well, they said this and they said yeah. I mean, it's hysterical yeah. almost. Yeah. And, and it, he happens to, he just keeps turning the camera yeah. on. Absolutely. And the way that he addresses that, he walks, you know, he, literally like you just said, he, he walks into a lobby of these, these organizations, these corporations, and, and demands an interview. And when he doesn't get it, he concludes that they're hiding something, that they're the yeah, problem. Must that be. They're doing something wrong, and that's why they, quote-unquote, threw him yeah. out. And not only that, but also, like, here's what I'm telling you. Yes. Without any – I'm a filmmaker. But yeah. here's what I'm telling you. And so how are you going to change your entire mission yeah. based yeah. on what I'm telling you? I mean, yeah. It, the, yeah. that's part. That's yeah. the part that's yeah. absurd. That's what I wonder when, like, again, non-interested people see that. 
whether they have yeah. that same reaction. But, you know, it's worth talking about. We, you know, for, in Maine, very recently, there was organized by the Maine Coast Fishermen's Association, there was a, a round table, mm-hmm. and there were 150 people that were on the call talking about this. And it's because of its, um, you know, for the reasons that we're talking about, you know, much more in depth. But Yeah, and I think ultimately it is because really the the... the, the Finishing his conclusion to the to that documentary was you, you were left with quite literally his interpretation of, of how to fix everything is to stop consuming seafood. I mean, that, it couldn't have been he, he couldn't have been any more clear that not, that was not, the, that was the yeah. answer. with the as the with the music playing behind it and the pictures of the big trawlers and and the, the fish coming up and, yeah. and, and, and uh, tied by the tails yeah. and, and the sharks getting their fins cut off. I mean, all yeah. the sensational pictures which. Yeah. Yeah. clearly exist yeah. and are, are, you know frankly it's low-hanging fruit you yeah. know and I, I think we should say though it's not that illegal fishing doesn't exist sure it's not that uh there, there, there's problems of sustainability you know around the world yeah but the the credibility part comes from jumping to and again he even says like my conclusion and that's what i get you, you, like at the by the end you like roll your yeah. eyes you're like what do you mean your conclusion mm-hmm. what have you what have you established yeah. that we're all yeah. sitting at the edge of our seats now yeah that we would need to hear your conclusion is that we simply have to stop eating seafood and it's like it's so reckless yeah but the other overarching thought that i had because of when i heard it and um was 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 that what this guy needs to do, and this kind of segues into our next topic, you know, if he really was a true documentarian, if he was truly an investigative, you know, journalist or whatever, he, however he can, I mean, he clearly is just a filmmaker is what he is, but the thing is not to, I'm not here to kind of tear him down, even though it sounds like it, but I said, this guy needs to sit through the three days of the New England Fisheries Management Council process mm-hmm. that I mm-hmm. just sat through. Mm-hmm that I just sat through and that happens every six times a year. Mm-hmm. That's just New England and the United States. There's a Mid- Mid-Atlantic Council. There's a Southern Atlantic States Council. There's a Pacific. That's how the United States fisheries are managed. Right. And that was my biggest thing right. because I happened to be involved in that was the omission of that. Mm-hmm. The omission of any reference whatsoever of how fisheries are regulated. Yes. I mean, that's what was so, you know, I mean, again, for the, all the sensationalism, th- th- that there wasn't a single mention of, for instance, the United States, how we manage, but it's not just the United States. You know, a lot of the countries, and again, we all grant that there are different standards around the world sure. for regulating fisheries, but managing fisheries is a thing. He didn't say that at all. Absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the things, you know, that happens to connect a little bit to what we want to kind of move on to, which is this, the, the, the council meeting, is um, how that's done. And, and so really today, um, what we want to do, or what I want to do, and unfortunately it's probably going to be me, but you, you have a lot of interest in it too, Mike, and I'm sure you'll have uh, your own input, but is to summarize the meeting that was just had in April. Yeah. You know, the April Council meeting. Yeah. And, and just, just to kind of get at the, I happen to be a, a member of the New England Fisheries Management Council uh, from Maine, um, and I participate in the meetings. And, you know, I'm relatively new to it. You know, I've been on since the summer, last summer. Um, but I happen to sit there through the entire meeting, and I participate, and I vote, and I, and I, and I do my background. And I've learned a lot. And I think it's important too to just quickly because you you have 
you, you are involved in this deeply now at this point, Alan. Give us a brief overview of who comprise what's the, what's the council made up of? How many seats are there? You know, what's the region that this council you know is is in charge okay. of? You know, just give us a quick good, good quick, question, quick breakdown yeah. of. of what and I'm and I'm going to do it quickly because there's you know frankly this is this there's is we should you know this should be a standalone you know how it's structured mm -hmm. blah 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 but okay the the New England I'm just going to call it the New England Council is is you know all of these councils were created by 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 the Magnuson Stevens Act you know back in the 1976 which created the council system mm -hmm. which geographically divides the coast of the United States you know we talked about federal waters the 200 mile limit which takes regionally and uh, and creates a council for each one of those those that, those councils are formed with with uh, they're they're made up of a number, they're all appointees but they're government appointees some of them are state officials some of them are just industry members interested parties there's all kinds of representation but in the case of new england it represents all of the coastal new england states so maine massachusetts new hampshire rhode island and connecticut mm -hmm. are all represented vermont does not have any members i think we have a total of 16 members um each council has its own staff has its own office it's it's it falls under the purview of 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 noaa noaa fisheries um, 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 which is then under the Department of Commerce in the United States and the bureaucracy of the United States. NOAA Fisheries is in NOAA, which is in Commerce. In the, but the councils are created by statute. They're created by this act that was first passed in 1976 and then it's been reauthorized different times. Again, go way into it, but yeah. that's, that's what it is. That's Maine good. has three members and then an one of the alternatives, you know, but there's a total of 16. I think each state gets three and then there's a couple alternative or there are a couple floaters and... And we represent, in our case, it's myself, um, it's Terry Alexander, who's a long, long-time fisherman. It's uh, Vincent Balzano, who's a long, long-time fisherman, fishing family. And then it's Megan, Megan Ware, who's, a, who's at the Department of Marine Resources, mm -hmm. um, who fills the seat. I mean, I think the commissioner would go when and if he has the time, but Megan does it very capably. I mean, she, she has, a, you know, these are the this is a kind of thing that, you know, institutional knowledge really, really matters. Absolutely. At the yeah, <laughs> and again, absolutely. I'm going to freely admit, it's like drinking from a fire hose. Yeah. So, and and quickly, what what do we do? You manage the federal, all of the species, or not all of the species, but the ones that are designated in the council. We have a habitat section. We have an ecosystem-based management system, and then individual species. Like there's a ground fish committee, there is a scallop committee, there's a herring committee, there's skates. You know, some of the things that are there's a red crab, um, and just quickly so people understand. There's a there's a there's a kind of a companion body to the council, which is the Atlantic States Commission, which is all of the Atlantic states, which has more you know picking up on this discussion we had about the state waters, federal waters. Mm -hmm. It's a compact between the coastal states to manage those waters, and in in the species that they manage for the biggest one is lobster in our case. Yeah, uh, shrimp goes in that. Um, you know like uh, straight bass and things that are more cozy. You know, it kind of makes sense yeah. when you start to really see yeah. it. And, and, of course, the reason for that being that, uh, assumingly that, you know, these species don't know the borders of states. And they, my, exactly. you know, at different times of year, they can travel up and down the coast. So clearly states need to work together and communicate and, and, and manage these species in a joint effort. Otherwise, it would just pin one against the other. And, uh, you know, you wouldn't have that unity. That's exactly right. So, so, 
just before we can't, you know, we're going to have to move on. You know, we can't yeah. spend a lot of time talking about how it's struck because it, it, it can be, it's endless. Of I'm not even talking about, that's, that's just the council. Yeah. Then there's the Northeast Science Centers, there's the Science and Statistical Committees, which all feed into the council mm-hmm. process. And that's, you know, just kind of linking back to what we started talking about. That's, that's part of the point that yeah. I want to make. It's yeah. like, that's how fisheries are managed. Yes. And when you get up close to it, it, it's overwhelmed. You, you you will be overwhelmed with the amount of expertise. Mm-hmm. Again, institutional knowledge, hard science. I mean, highly highly qualified and credentialed people, who their entire careers is about counting fish, stock assessment, ecosystem health, climate change. All of it. All of it, it all comes to bear in the council process, yep. and it's day after day after day of reports and updates and. Um, on and on and on. So, but just quickly before we, before we move on, I, I, I do want to say based on Magnuson because that's that's the overarching regulatory um, statute that 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 where this comes out of. And it's Magnuson, and then it's the national standards which come into and, and and it's really important because that is what guides the council process. Okay, and I just want to talk just generally, or just kind of tick off how these national standards um, work. Um, the most, the, the far priority, the number one standard, Magnuson International Standards, is sustainability, is managing for sustainability. But quickly is also after that is, 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 is um, maximum yield. Mm-hmm. There are commercial considerations, and that's our process. And just taking the two of those, mm-hmm. really, there's three that I consider to be kind of the real north stars mm-hmm. of the. It's 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 the sustainability. I mean, that's that's number one. You sure. it has to be sustainable based on the best available science. Okay, certainly maximum yield is also right there. In other words, it's not like no no. We just want to make sure that there's by all means by all costs. It's like no no. Right after that, it's like no no. There needs to be a yield here. We have our eye on that. Yeah. That's, that's important to understand, yeah. it's, and, it, and it really matters. But the other thing about sustainability is, is communities. The sustainability of communities is mm. in the national standards, and it comes up all the time yeah. in the meetings. Like when we're making decisions, it's like someone will say, like, okay, well, let's talk about that for a second. And, and yeah. not only that, but we get reports on that. We get data on that. We get, you know, what's happening in Portland versus Gloucester versus Boston versus Newburyport. Um, all of those are coming in because that fits into that standard of how is this decision impacting these smaller ports, bigger ports, da 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 da. It's yeah. all it's all goes into the hopper. Is the point? Um, so that's the process. I mean, that's that's a really short version of the process, but hopefully it's enough to uh, at least give a summary because that's really what I thought is is important to do today. Um, In the meeting that we had uh, just last week, um, dealt with a couple, there were a couple of major things. Frankly, based on the meetings that I've been involved in recently, we had some major amendments in the fall. We had a um, ground fish amendment about universal coverage on boats, about Mm -hmm. monitoring, monitoring monitoring that's that's coming into me. Scallops, the whole northern Gulf of Maine thing on scallops, that was a huge amendment. A lot of work went into it. That was years and years in the making. I just happened to be there when it when it got voted on. This meeting was a little bit more printed, but it was interesting. There were a couple things that were really interesting, starting with um, climate science. You know, that was one of our first presentations. This, mm-hmm. this, this, And, you know, the other thing I'll say is anybody who's interested who happens to be listening, um, 
all of these documents are on the New England Fisheries Management Council website based on the meeting in April. And you'll see all, you'll see the presentations, you have access to all the documents. And, and the climate science um, was a, re, you know, the current administration obviously has climate change goals and there. And one of the things it's filtering down to is the councils where they want feedback and they wanted information about, they're starting to clearly go through a process of collecting information about um, how climate is affecting fisheries and, and, and using the expertise that exists there. So there was a lot of report on that from the Northeast Regional Coordinating Council um, in the climate change scenario. And there was a listening session from NOAA about that. Um, and that, and then we pick up on that towards the end because that came back around because it's so overwhelming what's happening with climate change in yeah. all fisheries management. Then we had a couple interesting uh, breakout discussions on um, skates, which are obviously not really a main fishery, it's more, more down in Rhode Island, New York area, Connecticut area. But there was a proposal to create a limited access or, to, or, or um, discussions on that for limited access for state for skates and also for charter boats do you want you understand what limited access is versus open fisheries i mean you want i mean you, may, you might during your time here you've seen that you've seen the going from the open from the um kind of days at sea yeah. then the cat shares and the which, cat shares which what is kind of a version of yeah you know there was a time where it was you know you you, you threw a net on the boat and you, right. know, you could uh, fish for that fishery and that's what qualified you for that. And then through the process of changing things, things we refer to often as, as like catch history became important at a time. Yeah. Um, there were guys that didn't keep good logbooks and good record keeping um, and they didn't have the history of catching a certain species of fish and there was a time where you lost the ability to catch or target that species and, and, and go after that fisheries because you didn't have history and then you know, again, through the, the, the kind of the, the full circle of things, um, you know, there was a time where a, a fishing permit or a boat was more valuable based on what history and landings were associated with that exactly. permit or that boat. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, because it allowed you to, to target fisheries or not target fisheries and, and, and fishing fisheries that were limited. And now, of course, nowadays, a lot of our fisheries are limited access. So, And that's, that's, that's exactly, and really the difference is open access and limited access. Yes. I mean, those are really the categories. Yeah. Open access is fish are out there, go catch them. Go catch them. Anybody can catch them. Yeah. Anytime, anywhere, anyhow, you know, it's it's a free for all. That's yep. an open open fit. Yep. No, now you can bring start to bring in some controls. Like you could have a an, a, a total catch amount yes. when that's landed. Yeah. But but it doesn't require these limited access right. permits. Right. Okay. The problems that that created. You can kind of if you just think about that, you can imagine the problems, and you know you can see it sometimes. Like shrimp is an example. I think is still kind of an open fishery. Yeah. Like when it's open. It becomes a derby. Yes. Right? And they hate that word, but that's what it is. Yeah. It's like, in some extent, you know, scholars had some of that going, going on too. But it's like, okay, well, anybody can go catch them, and until they're all caught, we got to go out and get it. And so, what that happened, what happens with that is like issues about like the market mm -hmm. and people trying to, um, you know, you don't maximize, you know, it all gets flooded in the market at a time. You know, there's issues about safety, yeah. there's issues about competition. You know, there's all these things that come up that create that's where the limited access yeah like okay we need to manage this by by doing these input controls right input and output controls. some of them are 
times of year would be mm-hmm. like an output control. You know, like, okay, we're going to have trimesters to the yep. season. Like, okay. And we see this all the time, yep. right? We get the notices. You yep. get it. It's like, oh, the herring season, the first trimester is closed. The, yep. the, the tag is, is caught and yep. it's over. But those are the, all those things are the controls of trying to, but limited access is a different word, really is limiting who has access to the fishery. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a tool that the councils use to manage based on these national standards. And number of you know obviously groundfish has a limited access you know we hear about it all the time you know and it creates different different scenarios. One of the controversial things is what are the control dates of when you create the limited access? You know what like who's in and who's out? One of the things that came up as an example on the scallop discussion in the fall about the amendment about the Northern Gulf of Maine and how much the allocation was going to be and everything was it was really interesting because scallops now are a sub south. Um, they are uh, mid-Atlantic. I mean, that is where the big, and then of course New Bedford, mm-hmm. and it's that is where, and and what's happening with scallops is that biomass appears to be moving north. Yeah. And so there's a, and, and of course, what goes along with those limited act is the investment. Mm-hmm. These are big boats, major operations. As we've already said, scallops is big, big business. Yeah. In terms of fishing. Yeah. But now what's happening is. It appears that some of the biomass is starting to move into the northern Gulf of Maine. And the northern Gulf of Maine is basically if you draw a line across from Boston north, that would be mm-hmm. the northern Gulf of Maine, yeah. which includes Maine, but it also includes Stellwagen, which yep. is big, the big, you know, close inshore. And so that was the discussion about how do these guys get access because they've got the investment. And that was the – it was a really interesting thing. But then the, the point I'm making really is in a lot of the um, – the, the, the comments and the testimony and people and the, and the people who were involved in the process as we were doing scoping and things like that, you had a lot of guys from down east, for instance, who were on the call and it was during COVID, so there was a call, who would talk about, like, we used to catch all kinds of scallops up here. Like, yeah. I did, my father used to fish for scallops. But then they were gone. So when the control date was set, that creates that limited access. Mm-hmm. Like, we didn't have any history then because we weren't fishing on them then. Right. But we were before, and you could, in that, you can kind of see that, you know, where it becomes like, yeah, that's, that's weird. Like, when do you choose yeah. to close the door? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, and that's the way it is oftentimes with science and, and, and history is that you have to have your, your control measures, your consistency in place, but things change. And for reasons you, you've mentioned already, environmental reasons or just biomass right. changes. Right. all kinds of moving around. All kinds of moving around. It can change things and it can skew, you know, just to be clear, it can skew some of the information um, you know, to show these landings and it can really throw some of these things off. But again, that's to say there's a lot of people putting a lot of time and a lot of effort into this. And, oh, yeah, it's overwhelming. And, and, and <laughs> it's just, overwhelming. And calculating I, these I, things. I mean, this, is, uh, this isn't, this, I mean, arguably this doesn't even come close to doing the justice no, of the depth no, that, that, really. that has gone into yeah. Um, and the amount of work that goes into uh, all of these assessments. But anyways, those are just examples. You know, yeah. open fishery, limited access. That's where the fisheries are headed. Limited access. So again, it's like it's managed. And then it's and then there's the stock assessments, which determines, you know, how much can be harvested for that. Again, that sustainability standard. And then that is then allocated to the the member to the those who are in that who hold those licenses. And it and then they can take that their allocation. And fish it however they want, That's right. at the time they want, yep. 
um, on the schedule they want, based on the market conditions that they want, based on who they're selling it to, and they can also lease it, mm -hmm. which we're seeing, we see the effect of. Yeah. We have a lot of guys. I mean, unfortunately, sometimes they've even called them mailbox fishermen. That's one of the downsides, I think, to that program. Like, you have people who aren't fishing, but have the quota, and then they lease it. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, but they're not fishing. And so, you know, it just creates, you know, it's hard. There's it, a lot of pieces yeah. to it. But yeah. we've seen that effect. Yeah. And that's the point. As these regulations, like even when you were talking about days at sea, like it was a different, it was different then. Yeah. You know, we, we, we started by talking about the season and how things used to be, you know, this time of year. But it's, catch shares has changed all that. And that happened in 2010. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that has changed dramatically. Absolutely. And it's interesting because that's all I know from yeah. being around yeah. here. Yeah, and, and to go back to that, to start back to that, you know, the rhythm that we see now and, uh, you know, these leasing of these, the quota and whatnot, the rhythm we see now is really the biggest driver is the weather, honestly, yeah. nowadays. It's not actually the, the calendar of the year, uh, a time of the year around holidays or anything else. It's really uh, somewhat market driven with the prices. If th there can be a, 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 you know, if the market is up, guys are going to try to take advantage of it. But really, the biggest driver is the weather, and by weather, we're the majority of the time we're talking about wind. Um, it's not temperature necessarily; it's, it's wind, and that's what drives these guys either into port when you see the guys tied up versus when they're going. So you know, seasons and whatnot that does allow them to manipulate and use their 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 quota. But it's changed you know, the fishery dramatically. Like, I mean, yeah. it's changed. It's Portland. I mean, you yeah. know, this is one of the you know as we're talking about Portland and we're talking about we yeah. talked about our history. You know, all of these different management styles really, and Portland is on is on the losing side right now. Yeah, Portland has a lot yeah. in terms of ground fish. Is 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 you know for a lot of lot of different. We're going to, we'll talk about Portland specifically. Yeah. but right now, let me yeah. just let's just summarize this. And but all these things come into it. Um, these. Uh, so we we voted on. Uh, there was a proposal to to make uh, the skate fishery. Um, limited access or I think the bait there's two different versions of skate there's there's the wings which I think is food and then there's the bait I think it was the bait that they wanted to have the limited access and that um, that failed I think both of them failed I voted against that one but anyways and then there was charter boat the charter boat captains wanted to create a limited access for that um, there was a there was a push for that a lot of discussion that a lot had, had to do with um, you know one of the things the council does is divide the total allowable catch into your commercial Yep. And you're recreational. Yep. And then recreational, you know, obviously some of that is is on the uh, the charter boat side, which yeah. is its own industry and very well, right. very well represented on the council, I can yep. tell you. Very well represented on the council. And there was a, there was a goal, you know, because there's some struggles in that profession, and there, there was an interest in creating a limited access so that, you know, it was, you would firm up that, you know, some of that. And also there was more interest in, along with the limited access would, would go accountability measures, which is the monitoring. Because the recreation, one of the biggest discussions back in the fall about the monitoring was that recreational harvest for groundfish, for instance, is like half of the whole thing. Yeah. And there's no there's no monitoring. Yeah. You know, all it is yep. is like, I think, self-reporting or something. Yeah. But, whereas, you know, the, the commercial boats have, not only do they have human observers on them, but many of them now have the electronic monitoring, which is a file that goes in. Yeah. Literally, every fish is counted. Yeah. So again, back to the seaspiracy thing. Yeah. Like when you when you when you get up close to this, you're like, it's overwhelming. Like we're here. How many yeah. times do we see observers getting on the boat? Oh yeah, it's it's. I mean, I, how many times? Most trips. Most okay. trips that these guys small go boats. What do you think boats, about that when boats. you see the observer getting on the boat? You know, it's it's amazing because these guys will talk about it. It is literally someone looking over your shoulder 
while you're working to make <laughs> sure crazy. that you're doing your job. And that, that was that one of the things. Recording everything that you. When do. I saw, I was like, and, it, and a lot of times, frankly, not that it matters, but it's like a young woman yep. that's very popular. You know, there there are people who want to get involved in fisheries management. I think yep. a lot of them. Yeah. And um, sometimes they're on like forty foot boats. Yeah. There's no rule. I mean, and there's two or three crew guys, and then you're like that. You're going to get on that boat, yeah. and you're going to go out and count all... And that's what they do. This is they have they their do. computer. They have their bags. They have their... Yep. And uh, it's and, crazy. And, and not only do they count... I mean, they they object, when you see yeah. it, you're like, that's what's going on there? Yeah. But that's the process. They count. They measure, and they mark every fish that comes over uh, on yeah. some of these trips. And the bycatch. And, and, and the discards. Bycatch, I mean, everything. Else. Everything. 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 That's, the, that's what should have been in the show. It's like, hey, yeah. by the way... Uh, It's not everybody's not doing it like this. And again, when you talk about sustainability, this is the other thing that a lot of people, and it's important to say because it's true. You know, when they talk about any fish coming out of American waters, United States waters, is sustainable. I would would argue that to the ends of the, you know, our cod fishery, everyone knows, oh, the cod, you know, the words they use are overfished. We'll talk about that in a second. But it's managed so carefully down to uh, you know literally counting the fish yeah um, but then the idea that somehow this imported you know as most people know like I think it's 85% of our seafoods imported but they get stamped as sustainable you know the Russian Pollock or something it's like crazy when you yeah. when you get up close yeah, to these, yeah. this process yeah. and you're like it's not, oh my god anyways not going too far down that rabbit hole I, ju- I, I just want to make one point you know after then when they, then then we had a really interesting, I thought, really interesting report, and I believe it's an annual report on the state of the ecosystem from the Northeast Science Center. And and this was taking, you know, our ecosystems are divided like into geographic. We have the Gulf of Maine, which is obviously, as I've said, north of Boston, you know, that 200 mile. And then there's Georgia's Bank. Those are primarily. And then we also, because of scallops and things, we, we have this mid-Atlantic area, which is, each of those are their own ecosystem. Um, but this was about analyzing all of these different parts of these ecosystems. Um, you know, human dimensions, protected species, the fish themselves, the habitat, and, and charts and graphs and data. And I have to tell you, if, you, if, any, if anyone has any interest, the reports, it's, it's really remarkable what you learn. And it ties into the, the climate change, because th- this was, I thought, the most interesting discussion we had. But anyways, the objectives of the state of the ecosystem is, you know, obviously seafood production, commercial profits, recreational opportunities, stability, fishing community status, and protected species. Those were the different bullets. Again, linking to these national standards that I talked about. And then some of the risks that the ecosystems are facing. Climate change, ecosystem productivity, habitat vulnerability, offshore wind development was... um, But here's the point. It it, it was a remarkable thing. And it would literally show, like, for instance, it would tell you Portland. I mean, you would have graphs about what's landed in Portland and and how things are affecting it. And uh, it was really, really, really something. But here's, to me, what was the biggest, most interesting discussion that that, that grew out of that was talking about um, one of the things he, you know, the the presenter, Dr. Lucy, was kept referencing was, you know, our our method of single species management, which is how we do it. We say, you know, ground fish is this, and then within ground fish, each one particular. 
we say scallops is this, and we have fisheries management plans for each one of them and this whole process, which, which, which uses historical benchmarks of sustainability to set the catch limits. But again, why this discussion was so important, because people were making the connection to the climate change where we started the meeting. And, and, and they, we, we had, they had presentations on the ocean currents and how things were, you know, the Gulf Stream was changing and all the thing, you know, the species, how they were, we, we, we talked a little bit about how things are moving yeah. around. And then the particular point was made about single, you know, the single species management style that we do. That's what we do. That's our charge. That's how we work. Um, that's how most, most of them do versus a total ecosystem based management structure. For instance, one of the questions I asked was within the report and I didn't see it. And, and he, he said that was something that, that was not there, but it was something to think about. Um, whether there was a maximum sustainable yield for the ecosystem itself, right? Versus scallops, like what's the maximum sustainable? That's a formula like, oh yeah, we got this, here's the number. Mm -hmm. All of the species, is there a maximum sustainable yield? Because, and then how are we harvesting to that? And that's the point of the ecosystem approach. It's like, well, things move around. Mm. Things are coming and going. Things are changing all the time. So if we're measuring, the best example that came up, someone said about herring. Herring is really in a crisis right now based on the stock assessments and what, it what's is. showing up. It and it's really having an impact right here. Yeah. Our, our boats, our people are selling boats. Yep. People are, because herring looks bad. But the point was made that herring has been designated as being overfished. Again, overfished and overfishing are, are terms from Magnuson, which determine that sustainability. That's okay, right. is, the, is the stock itself overfished, meaning that as it sits there, it's, there's, there's not enough of it? And then there's another question of, is overfishing occurring, which is actively is more being taken out than can be sustainable. Okay, they're two very different things. But the point was made, like herring is overfished, but overfishing is not occurring, and it hasn't been occurring, which points directly to this question of climate change and ecosystem, and it's like, well, if that's what's happening, yeah, like how will we, like, and, and that was, I thought that was like the moment of the whole three-day meeting. It was like, yeah. It's like, how are we dealing with that? that? Because it's clearly not fishing. And this is the unfortunate part of using those terms. It's not fishing. It's these, there's environmental things going on here. There's natural predation, there's climate change, there's water, da, 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 da. Yeah. And it was just an interesting thing that, um, you know, it came up and... Uh, I think I think there'll be more because that's what's that's where it's headed is is you know this this idea of the whole ecosystem and how it's changing based on climate change and so that act that that conversation is actively actively being had um, and that was I, I thought that was the biggest takeaway from the meeting um, and uh, you know it's a long three days yeah I have to tell you and yeah. that was not a dense one that was like kind of short shrift yeah. that yeah. was like that was not a long long council meeting. But I think it's important, you know, we'll try to summarize, you know, as much as yeah, we can absolutely. as we go forward. Yeah. Um, so what do you think of that? What, what's next here? What's, what do we got going on next? Not much. 
<laughs> There's not yeah, much going not on. Much going on. All right. All right. We'll wrap it up. Yeah. Okay. There you go. I think it's, uh, and before we wrap it up, I will say, you know, I think it's important. Al mentioned, you know, these reports are found online. If you go on New England Fishing Management Council's website, which is nefmc.org, uh, it's a great opportunity. There's a lot of resources there. And I will say, too, another great resource, and it, it's timely because hopefully this, this podcast will be posted in, in, in a timely form, um, the Gulf of Maine Research Institute um, has a, what they call their MREP program, which is the Marine Research Education Program. And they are accepting um, you know, participants for an upcoming uh, series of courses that they've gotten that I've actually participated in the past. Mm. And it breaks down a lot of the science that Alan has mentioned. It really goes into depth with the, the, the definitions of the overfish versus overfishing and the accuracy of the data and how they get to it. It's a, it's a, it's a fairly, um, it, it's, it's, it is what it is, it's title. It's an education process that anybody interested to find out how they come up with these numbers and how the process works and how the statistics get tied into the data and decisions and whatnot, it really kind of gives you a, a, a outside layer view of, of how that's all done. So it's I encourage the GMRI, check out their website and check out their MREP program, M-R-E-P, Marine mm, Research good, Education good. Program. Maybe so you'll do good, that. Maybe you'll go do the next one. I'll yeah. You know, that was a well investing. That would be good to tell, tell what you've learned there. Yeah. Um, but it's dense and circling back to the top, it's, um, it's, it's, it's irresponsible not to acknowledge what happened, the amount of work that goes into managing these fisheries. Yeah. Um, so that's the point yeah. here today. All right. Thank you. Thank day. you.